Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, here with my collaborator, Bobby Walter, who is the leader of our work in New York City. Want to say shalom to the crowd? (laughs) Yes, shalom to you, Mitch, and shalom to all of our listeners. We're uh, just very blessed that you're joining us. Absolutely. So, dear friends, we're approaching a very important season of the year for the Jewish community and for me personally, because it's a time where I sense that God wants to bring about spiritual renewal in my own heart and in the hearts of Jewish people, my own family, particularly those who don't know the Lord, which is most of them, and then also within the Messianic Jewish community, Jews who believe in Jesus. The first one is Rosh Hashanah. That's going to start September 25th, evening and morning the first day. So the Jewish holiday will begin on the night of the 25th, which is really the next day. If you figure that out, you're honorarily Jewish right now. And so then... uh, Ten days later, we'll celebrate Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and then five days after that, the festival called Tabernacles, or Booths. And so you can see it's quite a few days when we are going to be focusing on these festivals and the great themes of these festivals, New Year, Atonement, and Joy as we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. And we're also going to wrap up the reading of the five books of Moses. As you know, we've been following the 52 portions of the week that traditional Jewish people read in synagogues on Saturday morning. And so we're now headed into Deuteronomy 26 through Deuteronomy 29. And so we've gone through the whole five books of Moses in a year, week by week, just like it's been done in the Jewish synagogue. So if you've been listening Uh, Each week, congratulations, or as we say, mazel tov. You have accomplished a great task. You have read through the five books of Moses. And, you know, Paul said, give attention to the reading of God's word. Since they only had the Old Testament, we can only imagine that they were certainly not reading Romans uh, in the early church. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a letter to the Romans, but they were reading the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. And so it's a joy to study the Hebrew scriptures. Some of the book of Deuteronomy, which I find to be very inspirational and devotional, some of it is a little hard to take. I'm being honest with you. As a Jewish believer, I think Deuteronomy chapter 28 is probably one of the toughest chapters in the Bible for me to understand, mm-hmm. for me to enjoy and appreciate. And it's really tough to explain it to Jewish people. And there's a lot written within the Jewish community on this chapter. You'd be shocked how much is written, because it's very controversial. Now, if I can boil it down, it's a very long chapter, but there's only two parts to it. In the beginning, our blessings, and in the second part, our curses. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. So let me read a little bit from Deuteronomy chapter 28, and then we'll just make a few comments. Verse 1. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. 
all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. So the blessings for obedience to the law of God, verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Verse 4, blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl and then blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you come out and over and over and over again. And so there are some great blessings for obedience. Verse 12, for example, the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And then that famous verse in verse 13, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail and on and on and on. There's a a quick turn in verse 15 away from God's blessings to the Jewish people for obedience to God's judgment upon the Jewish people for disobedience. And this actually goes back to the call of Abram and the Abrahamic covenant where God said, I'll bless those who bless thee and curse those who curse thee. And this again is one of my least favorite parts, but if you bless the Jewish people, you'll be blessed. And if you curse the Jewish people, There's a curse. Now, if you believe, like I do, that the Abrahamic covenant was unconditional and unending, then we must take that very seriously, and we need to be careful that we bless the Jewish people and not curse the Jewish people. But the Jewish people, if they are disobedient, then they get the very same curses that the Gentiles will get if they do not bless the Jewish people, only more so, (laughs) you know? Uh, Romans chapter 2, judgment falls upon the Jewish people, but again, only more so. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required, and much is expected. That's a biblical principle that runs all the way through the Old and New Testament. And so since the Jewish people were given this great revelation of the Torah, much is required of the Jewish people. So look at verse 15. It shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I charge you today that all these curses will come and overtake you. So it's the opposite. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, and on and on and on. And then there are some very stunning types of curses that will fall upon the Jewish people for disobedience. Verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he's consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. So a lot of these curses, just like the blessings, are land-based because God was leading the Jewish people through the desert to get to the promised land. And when the Jewish people disobeyed, then God would take them out of the promised land. And reading at verse 45, so all these curses shall come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed because you didn't obey the Lord your God by keeping his commands, it's the statutes which he commanded. They shall be a sign and a wonder on you and your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness. And the fact of the matter is, and I think verse 64 really kind of nails it. The Lord will scatter you among all the peoples, 
from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, which you or your fathers have not known. And among these nations you'll find no rest, and there'll be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and despair of souls. So it's interesting. It's terrible, but it's interesting Mm -hmm. because if the Jewish people were obedient, then they experienced God's blessings, and the blessings were focused on their life in the land. If the Jewish people disobeyed God based on the Mosaic Covenant— then God would scatter them from the land and they would suffer outside the land. And yet, that never took away the Abrahamic covenant because the Abrahamic covenant runs parallel to the Mosaic covenant. The Mosaic covenant is the temporal basis for blessings and curses, and the Abrahamic covenant is the destiny covenant for the Jewish people. So we understand that one day God will turn the hearts of the Jewish people, and you see this all the way through scripture. God will turn the hearts of the Jewish people, and what will happen? The Jewish people will be returned to the land. And I love Ezekiel chapter 36, where we see this in the most stunning manner, that God will almost suddenly bring the Jewish people back to the land. They wouldn't even deserve it, but this would be a testimony to the Gentiles. And then if you read on in Ezekiel 36, the prophet says that the land of Israel, which had been under judgment and the Jewish people under judgment, the land of Israel will become like the Garden of Eden. Now, I just want to tell you that the Jewish people being back in the land, even partially, I believe is a sign of God's faithfulness to his covenant. Mm -hmm. That even though the Jewish people are not particularly obedient to the Torah, many Jewish people are secular, and certainly Jewish people haven't turned to Jesus yet en masse, that God still brought the Jewish people back to the land. And maybe that's a reminder for us to pray for the salvation of Jewish people, because we realize that God is going to keep his promises, but God's going to use us, particularly Gentile believers, to make Jewish people jealous and ministries like chosen people to bring the word of God to the Jewish people so that they can respond. And it's also, I just want to make it clear, it's also important uh, to heed a warning. And the warning is to read contemporary history into Old Testament texts. Mm. A lot of us are very prophetically oriented, and I am, and that's good. We believe that God's word will be fulfilled and it will roll out In everyday history, we'll see it on the news, and we do see some of it now. But when we read back, for example, the Holocaust, which seems to have some parallels to the description of judgments in Deuteronomy 28, for example, the Jewish people will be left few in number. We have to be very careful to say that the Holocaust was as a result of Jewish disobedience. Be very careful about that because it's not in the Bible. So you are laying your ideas of biblical fulfillment of prophecy on something that's a very sensitive topic to the Jewish people, and it may not be true. What do you think, Bobby? Yeah, Mitch, I'd I'd have to agree with you. I mean, uh, the Holocaust in particular is so fresh on so many people's minds in the Jewish community, even though it's been close to 80 years since the liberation of the camps. And it's almost biblically irresponsible 
to take a text or a passage like this and lay it on top of what happened there. So I would seriously encourage all of our listeners to just be very careful and mindful and try to understand where the Jewish community today is coming from and how sensitive an issue it is and that we want to focus on proclaiming the gospel. Right. The key is to challenge your Jewish friends to be obedient and to follow the Lord and to see eventually that Jesus is the Messiah, to understand God's grace and understand God's mercy. So we get nowhere by telling Jewish people something that is not in the Bible, which is that the Holocaust was somehow the fulfillment of the curses in Deuteronomy 28. You know, with the Bible silent, guess what? We should stay quiet. <laughs> Heaven forbid mm. that we should be wrong. And God is in no need of an explanation. His word is always true. And so we do understand that the Jewish people in general as a nation have been far from God, but that God's plan is to turn the hearts of Jewish people, return them to the land, and to return the Jewish people to himself. And that's all going to happen through Jesus, the Messiah, who one day will return and be the savior of his Jewish people. I didn't say that. That's Paul. Romans chapter 11, verses 25 and following. In that day, all Israel, all Jewish people that are alive will be saved. And there's no other way to be saved except through Jesus the Messiah. So we have to believe that a great day is coming when God will turn the hearts of Jewish people to himself and that the Jewish people will turn to Jesus. The remnant will actually be inclusive of the entire nation. And we look forward to that great day. And you can help chosen people be part of making that day happen by sharing the gospel with Jewish people. God's love, God's mercy, the salvation that comes through Jesus' sacrifice. Did you know that you can help make the gospel available in Hebrew, Yiddish, Spanish, French, and in many other languages spoken by Jewish people of every nationality? Well, you can when you partner with us through our Watchmen for Jerusalem program. We want every Jewish person on the planet to hear the life-changing message of Messiah, but we need your help. Your generous monthly gifts will help us continue to meet the needs of thousands of Jewish people through our website, social media pages, and in our Messianic centers and congregations worldwide. And as our way of saying thanks for your contributions, we'll send you a beautiful photo book titled, Israel, the Land and the People, Get a glimpse of the land from the snow-capped mountains to the desert fortresses outside of Masada and everything in between. And sign up to become a watchman today online at chosenpeople.com radio. Once again, that's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask about our Watchmen for Jerusalem program when you call us at 888-293-7482. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from a dear friend of Mitch and mine who went to be with the Lord a few years ago, uh, one of our coworkers, Steve Fenchel. And Steve worked in our New York branch. And um, his story has always been just so inspiring to me. And I trust that when you hear it, you're going to be inspired as well. Steve was a true blue Brooklyn Jewish guy. I mean, it would almost seem impossible for this guy to get saved. And yet he not only became a believer, he was one of the most Jesus-loving, spirit-filled, joyful believers you'd ever meet in your life. And I know 
that even though we still miss him, that he's rejoicing in being in the presence of God. I started drinking when I was in the eighth grade. I got into the wrong crowd, as they say. I smoked a bunch of dope, people fighting in the streets and craziness, gangs in Brooklyn. I stole money from my mother. Ended up in jail in New Orleans. Y'all from Greenwich Village, boy? Started hallucinating. Amphetamines, LSD, my mind started going cuckoo. I just lost it completely. About the time that I was, I guess, around seven years old, um, my father got, started getting very ill. He'd be home for a while, he'd be in the hospital for a while. This went on for about two years. Then, all of a sudden, he was gone. I was devastated by his death. I think of it as being like a, a stabbing wound right in my heart. I had a huge personality change after my father died. I became like the, uh, the neighborhood bully. I can remember when the change actually happened, where somebody was pushing my brother, and normally I would have just let it happen or whatever, but I just went into a rage, and I just really beat this kid up crazy. Like I wanted to be a tough guy, and to me, Jewish kids were more like accountants than tough guys, and I wanted to run, I guess, as far away from my Jewish identity as I possibly could. By the time I was going into high school, I started getting into uh, gangs in Brooklyn, and I was drinking and using drugs, and um, very angry, and I had a nervous breakdown. I was using um, amphetamines very heavily. I started hallucinating, and I ended up locking myself in a room. I stayed in that room for almost two years. I saw my father, and he was all glowing and dressed in white. I can remember him saying to me, come with me, and I'm gonna take you to see my God. I just felt filthy. I said, I can't go to see God. I can't go with you. I just could literally feel myself pushing the vision away, pushing God away, saying, go away, I am not ready, I can't go with you. And the instant that I did that, everything changed. I was freezing cold, I was catapulting downward, like going down into this abyss. I had a feeling that I was surrounded by demons, by godless things. I was falling, endlessly, and I was being swept into a place that I didn't even know existed, which felt to me like hell. The people who I had originally did drugs with and tripped with, they had two little girls, and I used to sleep on their couch, and the little girls used to come and wake me up in the morning, and they had me read to them from Narnia. I thought that, that C.S. Lewis was a hippie like me living in Berkeley. I saw this, this, this guy is just too far out. And I fell in love with, with Aslan, and I fell in love with Narnia. A couple of weeks after that, or right around this period of time, I think it was probably late March, cold, nasty, kind of semi-rainy night, I was accosted, basically, by a lady on the street. She had a hood on and a cloak. And she was just looking at me, and she kept saying, did you know that Jesus loves you? 
I'm in my wonderful peacock hippie colors and rainbow stuff and I got my tie-dye stuff on my bands and all this kind of stuff and she's in gray and a cloak and stuff I said what do I want to have to do anything with her religion and her Jesus but when she looked at me and said Jesus loves you something struck me this is what I'm looking for it was real I felt and experienced in her eyes the love of Jesus and she handed me this little paper with some writing on it, trifold paper. They call it a tract, and what it was. And in that tract, there was quotes from C.S. Lewis, who I didn't even know was a Christian. And then I got a call from those two people who I originally did my first LSD experience with. And um, they were a husband and wife. They were the, the parents of those two little girls I read Narnia with. And they said, Steve, we found him. He can accept you, he loves you, he died for you. They basically told me the gospel on the phone. I knew what they were telling me was the truth. I just sensed it. This was where my whole trip, my whole search was leading. So I hung up the phone and I wanted to pray. I didn't, I'd never prayed before in my life, but I really wanted to pray. I wanted to say basically the words that they told me to say. Lord, I believe you are who these people are telling me you are. I believe you are my Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to come into my life, to forgive my sins, take over my life, and bring me into your kingdom. Amen. I'd always felt like I carried around a burden. I was always drawn to the blues, to sad things, to dark poetry. I felt lighter, and freer after I asked Jesus to come into my life. The drugs that I did was really as a, as a way for me to escape that burden of, of depression which I carried. I physically felt different. I consider myself today to be a Jew, a Jew who has found his Messiah. He was sent for us and my search ended for my father when I found him. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then please let me encourage you to stop by our website and check it out for yourself. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. We really could use your help in reaching Jewish people for Jesus. We're in... 20 plus cities in the U.S., and all of our missionaries are busy sharing the gospel with Jewish people day in and day out. And be sure to connect with us to let us know you're praying for our team. That's the single most important thing you can do to support our work, and we're very grateful for your prayerful partnership. If you have any questions, you can also leave them at chosenpeople.com radio. We'd love to hear from you. When you reach out today, we'll send you a beautiful 2022-2023 Messianic art calendar just for saying hello. So stay up to date on all the biblical festivals, the weekly Torah portions, along with our ministry outreach all over the globe. You can request the calendar for free when you visit us at chosenpeople.com radio. Or you can call 888-2-YESHUA, the Hebrew name for Jesus. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A. The number again, 888-293-7482. 
and we look forward to hearing from you very soon. And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.